with blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. So, I I watched um, a movie, all right, that I think is worthy of an episode um, because of how horrifying it was. Okay. It was this little indie movie. I don't know if you heard of it. It's called Free Guy. Oh God. I um I guess I've been watching too many good movies lately, so I wanted to really like humble myself. Um. <laughs> so I turned on Free Guy, and oh my God. <laughs> genuinely one of the most embarrassing movies i've ever seen <laughs> wait you're talking about the ryan reynolds movie yeah it was oh. horrifying <laughs> like i genuinely was like so uncomfortable the entire time because of just how how <laughs> not good it is <laughs> like i it doesn't like you have to know games to understand like what's going on but mm -hmm. if you know games you know it's not good <laughs> so it's, i did it's not weird. expect you to talk about free guy at all. <laughs> i know well that's what i wanted to tell you because i didn't expect to watch it it just it just happened um, <laughs> no, but honestly, it's genuinely horrifying. Is it? It's a terrifying experience. Um, no, it, it is. I, I, I almost watched it in theaters. Um, oh, that no. when it came out, like it's opening weekend. But I sat down to watch it with my family, and I was, I was visiting, like I was in the area, and I was so tired because at that point I had not slept for twenty four hours. So watching it was like a fever dream. Because, oh. like, I would start watching it, I would fall asleep, I'd wake up, and I'd see, like, a buff Ryan Reynolds, CGI Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And, like, what the fuck is happening? I need to stay awake or else I'm not going to know what's happening in the movie. And then the movie was just ending. I was like, oh, I guess I missed it. It was like, what the fuck? Did you no, go to what? sleep that night and you, uh, your sleep paralysis demon was Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> I wish. That would have, like, I would have actually, um gotten something from going to see that movie in theaters. That's the only thing you get out of uh free guy's sleep paralysis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to the Guts and Ghouls podcast. Uh I'm Dax. I'm Brad. <laughs> and today we watched uh, a movie called Angst. And <laughs> this is one that I handpicked because I feel like it doesn't get enough love and attention that it deserves. And I think there's a reason for that is because it's absolutely horrifying. Yeah. It's it's great. It's not a fun one to watch, though. No. Uh, Angst is a Austrian film from 1983, and I'm going to butcher all these names. So I hope <laughs> you're ready. Um, directed by Gerald Cargill. And it's based on the real-life events of a real serial killer at the time named... Werner Nysek? That's I think we're, that's how you pronounce it from what I We're going to say that's how we pronounce it. Yeah. Um So before we go into the movie, I'm going to talk about the real dude uh cuz I did my own research and I feel like it was actually the film is very accurate. They do kind of add a bit more um I think just to give it more movie flair. Mm -hmm. Uh but but as far as like his background goes, it's very similar especially like the main murders uh but werner was a bastard son and his father left uh his mom didn't really care for him that much she even just like gave him to his abusive grandma to take care of him oh, okay and he he would get into all sorts of trouble like he would skip school all the time he was constantly stealing running away from home and then at 16, uh, he was just real mad at his mother, um, kind of, I guess, blaming him for all of his problems. And he stabbed her, and he fled to Germany. Uh, she didn't die, though, which I, I... And it's unclear whether he that was his intention or not, because he did take a bunch of money from her. Uh, so he went to Germany. Mm -hmm. They they eventually caught him. They extradited him back to Austria, where he did two years jail. 
but pretty soon after he got out, he went on like a burglar spree and just shot a 73-year-old woman. Oh, okay. So that, uh, that's just like the beginning yeah. of the movie. And it's it's very similar where uh, to the film where they asked him, they're like, why? Like, like he stole, right? Why do you shoot her? And he's like, I, I just felt like I had to. Like, that was his reasoning. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so... And he tried for that murder. He got caught. Uh, he tried to plea insanity. But they were like, no, he's doing that on purpose. He's not actually insane. But it's like... He kind of was. <laughs> <laughs> so... His, his case is, like, criticized a lot um, for, I guess, kind of what not to do with the mentally ill yeah but anyways he served um eight and a half years in jail he released in 1980 and immediately he bought a pistol with the money i guess he made like homemade alcohol and sold it in prison and that's how he got his money (laughs) and immediately he broke into the altrider family villa which is just this family uh like and it was i think it was fairly nearby on the prison similar to the movie uh, and inside was, uh, like, the wheelchair-bound son. It was just him. So he was able to tie him down. That's when the mother and sister came home. He tied them both up in the hallway. And the family just thought it was, like, a robbery. So the mom wrote him, like, a check for, like, I think it was, like, 10 or 20 grand. Uh, but he was not interested in the money. Uh, he strangled the son to death in front of the mother Jeez. and made her watch. And, like, I think the most fucked up part, and they do this in the movie, is the mother had, like, heart issues. And he, he gave her her medicine to keep her awake to watch her son die. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's real fucked this up. Is really but then he strangled the mother with a noose. And the sister was then tortured. They, they're they not sure, like, what happened or for how long, but uh, I guess the autopsy said 7 to 11 hours she was tortured for. <laughs> That's brutal. Uh, she had, like, welts and burn marks all around her, and then she was eventually strangled. Wow. He also f- killed the family cat, uh, and then he fell asleep next to the victims. And the next morning, he loaded the bodies into the car, and went shopping with the money that, like, they, because she wrote him the check. And I'm not really sure why he needed the bodies, <laughs> but <laughs> he did actually go to a restaurant uh, that was, like, local. And I guess people recognized the car of that family. And they were like, why is this creepy dude, you know, driving their car? Yeah. So one of them actually went to the estate and found the broken window. That's how he got in, called the police. There was a huge search. He was on the run. Eventually, just some patrol officer found the car, opened it up, and there's three bodies in the trunk. Uh, And he immediately confessed. And they were like, why do you do it? And he's like, I just wanted to kill like that was <laughs> that was his reasoning and he yeah. was even like yeah I'll, i would like kill again like if i wasn't caught that was the plan uh and then he got life in prison so yay is that guy still alive i don't know actually um i don't know let's find out that would be interesting if he was if he was still around i don't know how long ago this was really uh well this was the 80s <clears throat> Because this movie actually uh, was made, like, just two or three years after the murder. Oh, so this was, like, fresh off of the... Fresh off yeah. Of the, huh? Yeah, and I'm surprised with how accurate it is, the film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think he's still alive. Wow, interesting. So he's still, uh, he's still rotting away somewhere. Yeah, he's still kicking it somewhere in Austria. But uh, this... <laughs> This, like, caught a lot of criticism for, I guess, like, the Austrian uh, justice system as far as they treat, like, insanity and stuff. Uh, Because the man was clearly sick. They just thought he was, like, a burglar. Right, yeah. Uh, And that's, um, I think, for me, the film, like, where it gets the most horrifying is hearing his thought process. 
oh of yeah everything yeah that that's what because if the i mean the film is very methodical like yeah. you're seeing like everything that he does like for to kill these people like yeah, literally almost every step of it you know it's literally from the point he gets out of prison to the point he's caught yeah and, and you see every every second of it right and then the, the, the there's voiceover of it of him kind of describing it's like he's mm-hmm. like in prison like uh, the impression i got from it is like he's like in prison writing about it or something like that and he's just right. kind of describing it and that's like kind of the voiceover narration throughout the whole movie where he's describing what he was thinking during it and during certain mm-hmm. things that happened and you know it, it adds a lot to it and it really makes gives you like a a really disturbing portrait of who, what may have been going on in this guy's head when all this was going down. Yeah, I think like there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's a lot of other movies. Um, I mean, now, I mean, you have to think this was in the '80s. So this, I think, this movie is way ahead of its time. Oh yeah, uh, I was gonna say it seems very ahead of its time. But you have stuff like Maniac, you know, that like follows the serial killer. Um, mm-hmm. and you have stuff like more recently, like House That Jack Built where jack is explaining his murders but you're getting kind of like a unreliable narrator situation there where i feel like this is definitely more true of like what a serial killer is thinking yeah before he commits the act while he's committing it and after Mm -hmm. and i think it's very accurate uh yeah it it seemed very accurate to me from just from an outsider's perspective well the what horrifies me the most is like when the beginning it starts of him getting out of prison and like they're talking about like prison reform and all that and how he's like got out on like early on good behavior and immediately he's like stepping out he's like not even fully out of the prison he's already narrating it and he's just like no one came to pick me up i have no money i don't know where i'm gonna go all i know is i want to kill someone Mm -hmm. that's what i'm gonna do (laughs) and he just goes he just goes for it well, I mean, first of all, I you already know I love this movie. I picked it for this reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, what 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 did you think overall? I I did I I I really liked it. Um, even with seeing a lot of movies that I probably take inspiration from this, like just through cultural zeitgeist, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But like it, it was very interesting to watch, and it was still a, like just like a, an extremely well executed, really well edited and shot movie. And like it, I definitely uh, really appreciated what it was trying to do. It's not and like you said before; it's not a fun movie to watch. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, not not every movie needs to be a fun movie to watch. So I, I, I did, I did quite like it a lot. I, I thought the main guy, um, the actor in it, his performance was incredible. Oh, I thought he yeah. was really, really good in it. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, and he was especially good in it, and um, and like most of the performances in it i thought were really good it was so weird it, it felt like a lot of the performances were like they're all people who aren't like normally actors or something like that right just kind of like they, normal yeah like yeah, they're kind of like normal got off the street mm-hmm. i got that yeah. impression with the the mom the old lady mom yeah and, definitely uh, um even the daughter the young daughter in the in the house with his with their their invalid son yeah because um, the the actors make the questionable decisions but it adds to the creepiness of it yeah yeah because it, it kind of made it more realistic for me because realistically in a situation like that you're it's that's very high stress high anxiety you're not always going to be um thinking very clearly you know yeah <laughs> so it, it made and a I lot think... of sense to me in like a, a more, like kind of a realistic way yeah i think that's like a lot a lot of people forget like with horror movies uh yeah when they're like, oh, why didn't they go this way? Why didn't they do that? It's like, there's a fucking murderer after them. Yeah. You're not, you're not thinking at 100% brain capacity, you know? <laughs> you make stupid decisions. Right. <laughs> and that's why I think I love movies like Green Room that just totally acknowledge dumb decisions. And I mm-hmm. think uh, I just love movies that can capture that, like, what people do when they're, like, met with genuine fear. Mm-hmm yeah and this this movie definitely does it and i think for me i we may be getting real deep into my mind here but i um (laughs) like you know you always have those like reoccurring dreams like there's always that one nightmare you always have 
or oh. some variation of it. Yeah, yeah. Mine, since I can remember, has always been someone breaking into the house and like chasing me around, trying to murder me. Oh my god, that's horrifying. Yeah, yeah. And it's always some different variation. Like, maybe I'm not, like, home. Maybe it's, like, at school or something. But the point is, like, someone's breaking in, trying to murder me. And that's this movie. So, <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I have so this somewhat... is, like, watching your fear yeah. into life. <laughs> yeah. And, it, I mean, it's horrifying. <laughs> it is. Uh, so, let's, let, let's get into it. Uh, mm-hmm. Spoiler warning here ahead. We're just going to go right into kind of what happens because it's honestly it's not it's not a long movie and not a lot no. happens it's, it's less than an hour and a half isn't it it's like yeah, an hour it's and like 18 an minutes something hour like and 20 something mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's short uh but pretty much it opens up with a narration of uh werner's life but he they don't really say it's werner uh they, they even credit him just as psycho yeah, uh, his, his, yeah, his name's like K the Psycho. Yeah, like which that. which I'm fine because I mm. um I don't like a lot of the true crime like docs and movies that really like idolize these men. You yeah. know these people like they really put them, yeah. and that's exactly what these people want. You know, mm. like they want to be seen as good. They want movies to be made based off them. So I like that they didn't acknowledge his name at all yeah and it but, just would have been poor taste in in general to do it to like make it so directly based off of it you know yeah. just because it happened so recently by the time the movie was out you know and they so. do do the whole like you know this is based on a true story and all that but they they don't say a name oh. which i i like i respect yeah. that yeah yeah um but it goes into basically his life up until um that 10-year sentence and i think the opening is great uh it takes place at that murder of where he shoots that older woman Mm -hmm. and it's just like him walking the streets aimlessly and like the camera the cinematography is ahead of its time for sure like i've never seen something like this in a movie from Mm -hmm. anything i think like before the 2000s where yeah. it's almost like he has a GoPro or something on yeah. him. Yeah. And it's, like, like really POV close shots. to his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's just, like, walking, and, like, he's, like, real sweaty. And the another thing I want to talk about is the sound design in this. Because, oh. like, the footsteps are so amplified. They are, yeah. I noticed that right away. I was like, oh, wow, that's weird. <laughs> it's, like, every, every footstep you can hear. And it's just it's... him walking around mm-hmm. when he's got, like, a loaded gun, and he's just kind of, like, peeking into houses. And it's, like, really up close to his face, too. Yeah. It's, like, very frantic. And then eventually he just goes to a house. A woman knocks, like, opens the door. And he's just like, I'm going to start shooting now. And then just shoots her. <laughs> and that's the opening. And I, I it's great. It, it is. It really does set you up, I think, for the the rest of the tone mm-hmm. of the film. But we're, then we have their narrator who tells us about uh, his life. And they kind of go into sort of what I was talking about. They did add some stuff. And I don't know um, how much of this is true or how much is uh, like kind of exaggerated um, for the sake of our building this character up. But I think the one of the more important parts of it is they mention that at the age of 13 or 14, he started seeing a prostitute who was a huge masochist. And she would have him, like, beat and whip her. And also, like, have him watch her, like, with her clients. Oof. Yeah. It's just big yikes yeah but (laughs) at that age where you're developing stuff sexually uh and he's immediately linking sex and pain right and then boom that's how you get a serial killer (laughs) or that's that's at least how sexual sadism's formed right yeah so that and i think that definitely 
plays more into his narrations later in the film. Especially he mentions how he always liked older women. Because this woman is also significantly older than he was. She was like in her 40s. Oh, wow. Okay. So there's a huge age difference. Yeah. And later they mention like, I think when he was 16, before he stabbed his mom, he started seeing another like 40-year-old woman. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah. So they just kind of go into that troubled kid, tortured animals, kind of your typical serial killer stuff. And then it talks about uh, just kind of like his life in prison um, after the 10 years for murdering that old woman. Uh, But they say, uh, no, yeah, they say 10, but he got out early on good behavior, I guess they mentioned. Yeah, they say And they were just talking about how he's like kind of an upstanding prisoner. He doesn't talk much. He doesn't do much. Uh, And they're like, he's free to go. And then once... The whoever the narrator is is done narrating, we switch over to our killer's perspective. And that's when he's like, all right, I've spent all this time planning my killings and I'm going to start acting on it. (laughs) Which is incredibly fucked up. Yeah. And I think just shows how um, flawed the prison system is. Oh, for sure. That I think if that movie was trying to say, if this movie's trying to say anything, it's definitely that you know, the prison system needs reform. Uh, yeah. You know. It's definitely saying this man should still be in there. Yeah. He does not need to be out on the streets. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and one thing that I noticed on this rewatch is something that kind of struck me odd is he, so he's, he's going around. He doesn't know where he's going. He has nothing. Um, and he starts just like walking wherever, but he's like walking in the middle of the street. Oh. And cars are, like, going around him. It's, like, almost as if he has no care for, like, other people, which obviously he does. Mm-hmm. He, well, he doesn't because he's a sociopath. But he's just, like, like cars are going around him, and he's just, like, walking in the street wherever he wants. Like, no care mm-hmm. to other people. He, like, he has no care for what society, like, wants him to yeah. do. Like, walk on the sidewalk. Yeah. Like... Maybe that's what you're supposed to kind of glean just from this, yeah, this little, the way he walks around the street. It's just like, there's just no regard for society at large and like the customs that we all have come to know just being normal people. Yeah, and he was even in that moment talking about how he's like, well, if I'm going to kill someone, I need to meet people. He's like, I don't know where to meet people. I've been Mm. locked up for 10 years. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what? Yeah, he's like, oh, I guess... uh, cafes so he goes to this like little cafe and there's like four people in there there's the waitress a man reading the newspaper and then these two like younger women mm-hmm. and he goes and sits down everyone's already like looking at him weird because his clothes are like from like what he was locked up probably like, in the 70s yeah that part so, ends up. yeah and he even mentioned he's like oh they're all looking at me because i'm like a freak and stuff like that and he orders a sausage. And I think for me, it's like one of the more memorable scenes. No, oh, yeah, I love this scene. Because <laughs> he is just chowing down oh, on the sausage. Yeah, he's just like. What I found weird I, about it, this is how you know he's a psychopath, is that he is eating sausage with just mustard. He's just like. Yeah. It's like a giant, like, glob of mustard on his plate, and he's just like dipping in it and chowing down. He's. Ver- ferociously biting into the sausage and eating it in front of all these people and also while he's eating this sausage and everyone's staring at him he's like staring down these two women like especially at like their legs and he's just talking about how he can like talk he's like i can't do it here there's too many people uh maybe i can lure them out maybe uh something he's like i need to kill them he's like them staring at me excites me mm-hmm. uh and and He's just open mouth, just chewing down on this kielbasa. Oh man! And the, I love the and, um, the editing of this scene as well. It's very like yeah. you're cutting like close ups of the of his mouth, like eating the sausage, to like close ups of the girl's like eyes and their mouth, and like you you really get the impression that like like when he says you don't really know this yet, and from an outside perspective, I didn't know anything about the real life serial killer before watching this. I just kind of got thrown in. 
And I got the impression that like he was definitely getting some kind of sexual satisfaction out of like oh yeah out of what he does and like why he's doing it like just from the editing and the way it's shot you get close to their lips him like chowing down in that sausage very ferociously yeah, it's definitely and... like what he's focusing in on oh yeah yeah it's 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 really well done that whole sequence yeah a very common thing in this film is how much our main character tells us he has a boner <laughs> he says that a lot it does. and how close to coming he is <laughs> uh, he uses the word excitement a lot he's like oh this excites me oh god i'm looking forward to this excitement yeah uh, weird but he's done with his sausage he realizes i can't you know kill these girls here it's too much work there's too many witnesses so he just leaves hails a taxi uh and it's this like middle-aged woman picks him up and she's like, where do you want to go? And he's like, oh, just go ahead, because he has no clue where. He just wants to get her, I guess, someplace secluded. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's this really awkward part where he is like, oh, I, I can kill this woman. <laughs> he realizes that. So he starts taking off, like, his shoelace, because mm-hmm. he wants to get a strangler. But he's, like, doing that. And she's like, what are you doing? Because he's, like, hunched over in his seat. <laughs> and he's like, nothing? Nothing? And she's like, what? No, dude, like, what are you doing? And he's like, nothing? nothing (laughs) and eventually she like pulls over and tells him to like you know like get the fuck out you're a weirdo Mm -hmm. and he tries strangling her but there she like i think like hits the horn and there's like other like cars going by so he just books it yeah she like slams on the excuse me she's like slams on the brakes yeah so he he panics and runs uh eventually he you know gets out uh, no one's chasing him he's like he like ran through like a forest uh and he puts his shoelace back in mm-hmm. he's like okay i guess i'll just wander now i need to find more people uh, and this is when he comes across the villa uh that where majority i i want to say like 90 percent of this movie takes place oh yeah yeah and it's i was trying to figure out what this place is because it's on some kind of like water treatment thing mm-hmm. i didn't really understand it but it's like a really interesting setting i i didn't look at like what the real place looks like but there's like an underground like tunnel connected to the home and stuff yeah that was interesting i was wondering what what that is used for yeah um but he's like hey they like let the gate open so he's like okay i'll you know go mm-hmm. in because we already know he has like a history of um burglaring so he's like casing the house like going checking each window and like comes to the conclusion like no one's in here uh so he busts into the the window he climbs in he's like looking around and he's like even talking about like how like much it excites him to be in this place he's not supposed to be Mm -hmm. and all that and that's when he comes across the 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 son who's in a wheelchair oh yeah and he just goes poppy or something yeah he's like papa yeah papa <laughs> and it scares the shit out of the the killer because <laughs> yeah, he just starts running like, well. <laughs> yeah. and he's like he's like oh shit oh shit oh shit oh shit um and he like goes and hides upstairs because mm-hmm. he i guess i don't know if he was like so startled by that guy or he couldn't believe like the situation like someone so helpless is there yeah, it was weird. It it you definitely get the idea throughout this whole movie, like how impulsive this this Yo, guy yeah. is. He's just acting on like pure instinct and impulse, like what or whatever he's doing. And like you know, it's very interesting because he's he sounds methodical in his head, like he's yeah. talking about his plan, what he's gonna do to these people when he gets them. But it seems mm-hmm. like in the moment when it happens he's just overwhelmed by like emotions and urges that he just can't rationally act yeah that that's why i think that the voiceover is like it's like him in prison like kind of talking yeah. himself up more than what he actually was doing because mm. yeah you could clearly tell there's a there's a disconnect there where it's like what he's saying in the voiceover and how like methodical and planned out it seems like and then what you're seeing are like two completely different kind of things and that that makes it interesting it's kind of like an unreliable uh narrator a bit only a year yeah 
getting to see instantly how unreliable he is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just it's tough. Like this, this is when the movie starts getting real tough to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's why, because I I love this movie, and I I want to recommend this movie to people, but I forget how hard of a watch it is. Uh, so he's hiding upstairs, and I want to also point out is the home is very like empty. There's yeah. like furniture, and I'm not sure why. I, I mean, it could be, like, what you're thinking, because um, it seems like the only furniture in these rooms are ones that he uses, like the bed, the phone, the stuff oh, in the kitchen. right, right, right. So maybe you could be right. This is him, like, recollecting what happened. Yeah. Um, but, so like, maybe... the house just, it's very limial. Like, it doesn't look like anyone's, like, really lived in there. <laughs> it's, like, almost like you, like, like you're going to like an open house, you know. And there's like no furniture or anything. You're just like looking around. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a really creepy setting to begin with. But he's hiding upstairs for some reason because the wheelchair man scared him. <laughs> and this is when he sees that the mother and daughter are coming home, and I guess they got like groceries or something. Yeah. Uh, and they come in, and they have this little wiener dog, which is running oh. all over the place. And immediately sniffs him out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he it goes up and it's like like barking, it's like sniffing at him, and he's like, you know, like like shoo, like fuck off. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to hide here. <laughs> and the mother goes to lay down in the bedroom that's in the middle of the living room or the bed. <laughs> There's just like a twin size mattress in the middle of the room. Yeah. I think the like I mean production wise, I'm pretty sure like they they may have just like rented this house and they're just yeah like, that could be they're just kind of that... like throwing things around that like they had they knew that they absolutely needed because like yeah that's actually much more likely because like at one part there's just like a phone in the middle of the floor yeah in, the, yeah. in just a room and you're like what the hell <laughs> yeah um it's just odd choices but yeah. I, in a way, it, for me at least, it adds to the experience just because of how bizarre it is. It does, yeah. It it doesn't, and yeah, it's not a negative. I, I'm just saying, like, no, from yeah. a production perspective, it was probably pretty low budget, you know. Yeah, so. it's just it's hard just not to notice it. I know I noticed it my first time watching. I was like, yeah, what the fuck is this house? Like, who is their interior designer? I definitely started thinking about it when yeah, she went to her bed and it's just like in the middle of like the hardwood yeah. floor. And then the the phone that's in the middle of a room upstairs. <laughs> yeah, and they, they also have a corner that's just a pile of clothes. It's like oh loose yeah, clothes and luggage. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> I think my guess was I was like maybe they just moved in or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. It adds to I think the strangeness of the crimes. Uh, but. Anyways, so the daughter's unpacking the groceries, and the mother's laying down, and the son is just kind of, like, chilling there, and this is when he decides, I'm gonna go berserk mode now, <laughs> and he, I, I don't know if he's, like, hyping himself up or what, but he, like, goes downstairs and the sun sees him immediately, and this is when he just goes, like, unleashed. Like, he he charges the kid, he, like, pushes um the wheelchair over, he grabs, like, the mom and, like, throws her around, he goes, mm-hmm. like, the daughter starts screaming, and the way he ties up the daughter is so, like, I've never seen anything like it, and it's, like, so <laughs> painful. Oh, where yeah. he gets her down and he gets uh like bandages mm-hmm. and ties her like ankle to the door handle yeah i thought that was pretty interesting too yeah it's like really just uncomfortable to watch and then he like ties her arms behind her back mm-hmm. and this entire time the mom is just like chilling there like she's just kind of like i don't know if she's in shock or i mean like the real life crime she just thought it was a burglary maybe 
Yeah, she probably. So she's did. like, okay, just you know, do what he wants, and he can go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, he then you know ties down the mom, and then the son is basically just useless. Unfortunately, he doesn't even really yeah. need to tie him up. Uh, and that's when the I don't remember. Does he kill the son first, or does the mom start having the heart problems? I think the mom starts having because yeah, when he dumps the yeah. son on the ground, he starts like crawling upstairs. Yeah, and then I think that's when he goes for the mom and like, right, and yeah, that's when he starts having yeah heart issues, and he goes because he ties her into the wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, and then she's like not really, like he wants to like strangle her and she's just like not responding to it and he's like what and he's like pissed off <laughs> and he's even also this entire time he's narrating all this and he's like doing it really calmly mm-hmm. like what you're seeing on the screen is so like violent and sporadic yet he's narrating it like first i will grab her and tie her up he's like yes I like this. This excites me. <laughs> and all that. While while he's just profusely like sweating and slobbering and running around. And oh, it's, yeah. it's, just, it's just a very jarring contrast between what you're hearing and what you're seeing. Yeah. There's, there's a moment when he, after he gets them all tied up and like subdued or whatever. Where yeah. He just like, takes a break. He just like. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, I didn't realize like how hard this would be. I know. He's like, you know, he's really exhausted. And that's um, another very similar thing with, like, serial killers is, like, they they play it up so much in their mind when it actually happens. It's not, like, what it is. Like, like BTK, almost all of his murders were botched. All of them. None of them went as planned, except I think the last one actually went, like, without a hitch. But all of them were just real botched jobs. So it's very common because you don't realize how hard humans are to wrangle up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he's, like, tired. And he even admits, he's like, that did not go as clean as I wanted it to. <laughs> uh, so that's, yeah, he, like, gets mad because the woman's having some kind of heart issues. And the daughter's, like, trying to get his attention. So he, like, takes the tape off her mouth. And she's like, oh, like, she needs her pills. And he, like... This is, like, another thing. Just everything in this movie is made to be so uncomfortable. Because he unties her, he cuts her legs so she can get free. But he, like, wraps around her and crawls, like, they, like, itch their way like a worm to the kitchen to get the pills. Oh, yeah, this is so weird. (laughs) Yeah, and he's, like, sweating on her. And it's so bad because he even, she starts, like, kissing his neck. And he makes, a, like, a point where he's like, oh, maybe she thinks I just want to, like, have my way with her and I'll let her go. Right. And stuff. <laughs> so she's, like, trying to make out with him. He's, like, on top of her, just dragging her. And he's, like, trying to find the pills. And there's one scene that I, I need to point out because I didn't really, I guess, I don't know how I didn't catch this the first time watching it. Or maybe it just made me cringe more this time. Is he, like, puts her head on, like, the counter to, like, see the pills. And when he gets it, he leaves her there, and he runs and gives the mom the pills. And she's trying to keep her head up because she has, like, a good angle to, like, untie herself. And she's, like, sliding, and she uses her teeth to hang onto the counter. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, ugh! And then it scrapes, and you hear it, like, scrape against the the counter, and she falls. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's real tough. Yeah, and I think if she she just like could have walked because I think at that point her leg had been held up in the air like yeah for so long, and you can see like there's like some weird discoloration with it yeah as well. Um, so I think she just couldn't walk because it was like asleep or like you know losing like blood because it was hanging. Upside yeah, probably because it was hanging. So all the blood went mm-hmm. right. Yeah, which adds to the brutality of it, and, like how horrible it must have been to go through that. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, I it's disgusting. Yeah, for sure. But now she's got her medicine. Uh the girl is just kind of trying to find a place to hide and he's like, "Oh shit, where's the kid or the son?" I mean, when we say son, I'd like to point out he looks like he's like a 30-year-old man. Like he is like a grown man. And he's a pretty big guy, too. Oh yeah, he's huge. And he's like crawling up the stairs. So he's like, "Okay, I guess I'll kill you now." 
and fills up the bathtub and just drowns him. Yeah, it sounded It'll... like based on what this, it sounded like the son himself turned on the bath. I guess yeah, he just he just wanted to like play in it or something. Yeah, because he was like, "Papa." Yeah, that's like all he said. And then the and he's just like, "Well, I guess I'll drown you in it." <laughs> yeah. So he well, because he was trying to strangle him. him. He's like, "Oh God damn it!" He's like strangling his hard. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So <laughs> he drowns the kid. Um, goes and immediately just strangles the mother. Um, he, I think, was just very dissatisfied at this point mm-hmm. with how everything was going. Uh, but I mean, the, it's clear the main target is the daughter, though. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's he's saving her for last for sure. Yeah. So now the mom's dead, the son's dead, and it's the daughter also i'd like to point out the wiener dog is just running around this entire time yeah like, it's, it's just not kind of watching him do whatever he's doing <laughs> at one point it grabs like the mom's dentures that fall out oh yeah um yeah the wiener dog was a real hero of this of this film you know i'm impressed it didn't die of all the I, movies i thought i expect a I dog to die would. wasn't this one i was like damn mm-hmm. okay good for you dog <laughs> I know. I thought he was just gonna like smash it with his foot at certain points. Yeah, because he's it was like being really annoying. Yeah, he's and, like, like annoyed barking. by it. Like as he's like strangling this woman, the dog's barking. He's just kind of like, "Yeah, shoo!" Like it's like, yeah. Um, so the girl's able to hide, and she pretty much gets free from like her binds. Uh, and he he gets a kitchen knife and he's looking for. Her. He eventually finds her, and she just runs through like their front door it's like hard to explain because the door almost has an entrance to like i don't know what you call is that like a gondola or whatever where it's like you have like the glass door there's like a little room and then another door oh yeah yeah. like when you go into like a grocery store or whatever yeah yeah i know what you're talking about i Um, think that's a gondola yeah they have like one of those she breaks through like one layer like the window but they have like these stairs that go somewhere and she runs down there and he's after her. Uh, and it, they're in this like underground like tunnel. Mm-hmm. It's like this long concrete hall. And eventually he catches up to her, slashes her, you know, gets her down and he is just stabbing her like uncontrollably. Yeah, this was this is the most brutal, disturbing part of the movie for me. Yeah, this is definitely uh the climax, pun pun intended, um because he does come. <laughs> yeah, he comes... stands down. <laughs> yeah, and I think and just... like it's it's not funny, but it's almost edited like semi comedically mm-hmm. because he's like he's like murdering her he's just stabbing her she is screaming there's blood spraying everywhere like on the walls on him and the wiener dog is like barking like crazy and it's like constantly cutting between like him her the dog and it's like really jarring and there's so much stuff going on and then it just cuts to just him pants down on top of her just passed out (laughs) and it's just like quiet (laughs) which i guess did happen in um in real life with that with the killer yeah. apparently he did just like sleep with the yeah the body for with like a while so well i very, mean very weird think about how much like physical like work he was doing like there like he was probably exhausted yeah and especially i mean this i mean you could say maybe takes place over the course of an hour but in real life it was like 11 hours this was all going on for which Damn. is even worse yeah but so he's got she's dead he wakes up and he's immediately like looking for an exit Mm -hmm. so he goes and he gets the car keys and but he's like wait i should keep the bodies and his like rationale i guess was that he wanted to keep the bodies so he'd show his next victim so he could kill them with fear Right. And I think, like, this perversion of it, like, the idea of him, like, being the scary guy is, like, very common in serial killers. Like, they like they get off on the idea of them being these evil bastards. 
Right. And that's another thing I kind of wanted to talk about, too, was because there's really, like... I was trying to figure him out, um, because he really enjoys the act of killing, uh, and that's what's called, like, a process killer. So that's, like, your John Wayne Gacy's, you know? Oh, okay. And then you have your product killers, like, that's more of, like, a Dahmer, where they don't really care so much for the killing, Mm -hmm. they just want the product of the killing. Oh, okay. So, like, for for Dahmer, I guess he wanted, like, the the bodies? He wanted the bodies. Okay. He didn't like the killings. Uh, That's why he would get blackout drunk for them, and that's why he says he doesn't remember any of them. Oh. And it's very interesting, because in this movie, when they ask him his statement to why he shot that woman, he's like, I don't know, I just went black. Oh, interesting. So... That's interesting, mm-hmm. but it's weird because later he's like really getting off on the killings themselves. Yeah. If so, he's almost like this weird mix. But I don't think he so much wants the bodies for his own perversions, but more so to scare. I think so. The next kill will be more heightened. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could also stem from they talked about how he was like a very anxious child. He was always afraid. Uh, he could never be like alone for too long, and I think it's almost like him overcompensating for that. Showing, yeah, like, look I at what I've become. That they said that now, yeah. He can't yeah. be. Al- he couldn't be alone in a room for however long, you know. Yeah. So I think that's kind of him being like, like, look at how scary I am, and kind of like getting off on that. That's interesting. Uh, so he goes to collect the bodies and he loads each one on the trunk and he when he gets the mother it's like almost like he realized what he did because he comes again (laughs) over the body he was talking about it like talking about like oh taking the bodies and showing them to people and he's like it excites me so much and it's like him coming over her like just like oh like it's so yeah it's and he's like, there's like nothing. There's like no stimulation for him. It's just like instant. <laughs> Which I just think so shows thinking about it is enough yeah. to make him explode. But it shows how strong like that urge is, right? For him to kill. Uh, so he's able to after a very long scene of dragging all the bodies into the trunk, he makes his way out, and I think this is where he gets ballsy. And this is another common thing with serial killers, and this is usually why they get caught, is they escalate too much too fast. Because he's like, I want to get those girls. You oh. Know, from the beginning. Yeah. The cafe. Mm-hmm. So he goes back. His shirt is covered in blood. He just kind of put, like, a coat over it. And he's got these black gloves, which he did actually wear in real life, these black gloves, because his hands were covered in blood. Mm-hmm. Um, with, the, with the bodies in the trunk goes and he orders his sausage again (laughs) and just like the beginning he's chowing (laughs) down on that sausage he's chowing down and watching him with with uh anticipation yeah and again he's talking about all the things he wants to do to him and he's like he's like oh i can't take him here he's like fuck it i'll i'll kill all of them i'll kill the waitress i'll kill this man (laughs) uh, and they're and then now they're really staring at him because they're like they're like okay this is the second day in a row this man has come here now he's in a weird like school shooter trench coat <laughs> with black gloves and pulled up in a car with a barking wiener dog in the passenger seat because he yeah. kept the dog <laughs> yeah and all the people are like looking at the car and like looking at yeah. the dog I'm and assuming he... that's like is how you described the earlier that the people realized that that was that family's car. Yeah, uh, maybe even in the movie, like it doesn't explain that, but that maybe that's them thinking that, and that's why they're right. so weirded out by him and like what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know? And he goes out to feed the rest of the sausage to the dog. Yeah, and they like follow him out almost out of just like sheer curiosity, like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, like what is this guy doing? And then cops come, and they're like, "Sir, like you know, do you have?" like your license and registration and he's just like no i'm just just feed my dog and they're like no dude like show us your registration come on he's like no it's my friend's car i'm borrowing it and they're like uh 
no, no, dude, you're going to need to show us it. And there's like this awkward back and forth. <laughs> yeah. And yep. eventually they're like, open the trunk. And they, I think he just gives up at this point. Like he realized he's caught. Uh, yeah. And he opens it. They seal the bodies and everyone's shocked. Mm-hmm. And his final narration is just like, I did it. Like I scared them. Right. Yeah. And that's all he really wanted. Yeah. And he says that he kind of wanted them to see what is in the trunk at that point. In, like, in yeah. the narration, like, and you can kind I of see in his face that he's, like, yeah. really eagerly anticipating them, like, opening it. The idea of showing that to them in public, I think, was, like, the ultimate excitement for him. Right. Yeah, and that's what it seemed like. And that's pretty much how it ends. Like, it just pulls out, and just credits roll. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah, a really cool and... um, one shot where it comes from that mm-hmm. that overhead shot of the that trunk. I don't know how they did it. Yeah, I I tried to look up like how, how exactly they shot. I'm assuming it's like a crane of some kind. Definitely, yeah. Um, but yeah, it comes from that, and it goes right. It just like pans up until you see like the city skyline basically from that trunk shot. Yeah. Um down on the ground it's it's a really well done yeah it just shot. transitions into credits so you see like all the cars going by mm-hmm. and the credits are just yeah. rolling it's very quiet too yeah very much so it's almost like uh this kind of peace that he got because that's that's one thing that um i hate about serial killers is sometimes they win mm-hmm. you know like they get what they want like he got exactly what he wanted those people died and he got off on it and mm-hmm. he doesn't care if he's going back to jail or not you know and that's that sucks um if yeah. if that was the man's intention in, re- in real life i don't know but in this case it's definitely not a happy ending no <laughs> there are not a lot of positive emotions in this movie <laughs> but i think this is one of the best like serial killer films oh yeah there. Yeah, I think the only one that it might come close to this, like disturbing wise, and like how accurate it seems to portray serial killers, is like Henry portrait of a serial oh, killer. Oh, yeah. I thought that was like um, kind of, and it was in a similar vein to this. Henry's but... good. They change a lot of like the source material though. Oh, about, really? I didn't like, know that. Otis and like Henry Lucas and all that. Yeah. Hmm. Um. We could probably do an entire episode on that. Just just for a reason for me to be able to talk about Henry Lee Lucas. Yeah, uh, honestly. But that's that. I love, yeah, Henry. That's another. And I think that one tonally is very similar to this. It um, is, yeah. This... Where it's just, it's very quiet. It's grimy, mm-hmm. sweaty. <laughs> it makes, this is, this is one of my favorite genre of horror movies. And it's the genre I call of. I need to take a shower after watching this. <laughs> like, I need to just get all the dirt and grime and slime off of me <laughs> after watching this. That's one of these movies. Yeah. And it's a genre I love. <laughs> what other films are are home to this genre for you? Uh, have, have you ever... Wait, didn't we watch Possum together? Oh yeah, that, possum. Yeah, um, just covered in soot. Oh, I don't remember his name, um, but he's in all those. He's a bit villain in the Mission Impossible movies. I don't remember. Yeah, his yeah. I, uh, Sean Harris. Yeah, that's yeah, that's him. Yeah, that movie just covered in grime. I mean, really, any of those like mm-hmm. fake snuff movies, like like the guinea pigs. Uh, oh yeah, just just any movie that is really just really focuses on there's a lot a lot of fluids i think that's that's a that's a must for these types of movies you need a lot of bodily fluids a lot of bodily fluids yeah and sweat and you need a lot of sweat a you just need everyone sweat. sweaty yeah uh one, one thing i do want to talk about this is it's not that graphic no it's it's like, really not 
Now the only the one violence, I would say it's, is um it's pretty violent is her is the girl's death. Because yeah. that is just that is like just brutal. It's really it's really yeah, bloody. it's more brutal, but it's not gory. Mm-hmm. It's just like a lot of blood. Yeah. Yeah. But like Yeah, it's but it's just the way it's shot. It's very close, and I think it, it, this would be a totally different movie if you didn't have his narration while it's happening. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. If this was just straight up as what was happening, it would be, it would it wouldn't be as disturbing, I don't think, but it would still be pretty effective. Yeah, yeah. It's just it just the the camera work, just how close and tightly it follows him. Oh like, yeah. Like even if say he wasn't narrating, mm-hmm. you could kind of get a feel for what he's thinking. Yeah. Especially just all those shots of like the camera up in his face as he's running around like the house. Yeah. And he's just like, and he's just sweating like crazy. I can't get over how much sweat <laughs> is on this man. <laughs> like he's drenched by the end of it. God, yeah, he is really drenched. And yeah, that's it. The camera work was really well done. It was like those crane shots. They use the crane a lot in the. In it, mm-hmm. even during scenes where you normally wouldn't, like, yeah, you, which creates like this, like, where you're kind of above their head level, kind of almost looking right. down at them. And it, I, yeah. I don't know about you, but it kind of gave me the feeling like I was like literally watching this happen and like I can't do anything about it, like, I can't help them, yeah, or anything through out yeah. of the situation, like those shots. So that added to like the, the horror of what was going on, you know. <clears throat> that that that's actually a really good way of describing this movie mm-hmm. it's like you're watching crimes because they're so i think i wouldn't say realistic but they're they're not hmm, i'm trying to think of a good way to put it they're not like completely stylized to the yeah. point where they're realistic but they're just strange shot strange enough or act i think acted strange enough yeah to where but... it creates this like discomfort Mm-hmm. And you just can't look away, and you can't help. <laughs> right. <laughs> like you everyone have to is so helpless. To his motivations, the whole movie, yeah, and like that adds to the like kind of how realistic it is and how disturbing it is. But and to yeah. talk, yeah, there was one shot similar where after he committed the final murder and wakes up and he's looking for an exit, it just kind of pans over the villa as he's looking oh, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just him kind of frantically looking for, like, an exit, looking for the car, looking for, like, his escape route, mm-hmm. and all that. It was post-nut clarity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the serial killer post-nut clarity. I imagine that's the worst <laughs> post-nut clarity. Oh, it's gotta be. <laughs> just, like, you're like, man, that was great, and you look down, and there's just a woman just completely open in front of you, blood everywhere, and you're like, uh, uh. And then you gotta clean it up. It's like, oh shit, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone could have fucking found me when I was sleeping. God. Yeah, it was it was very it was disturbing. And um part of the reason it was disturbing, like I mentioned this before, but this the impulsiveness of what he's doing yes. is like it adds to the realism of it and like how like you realize how disturbed he really is like it's all he cares about is like going after these kills and it's like his entire life's goal right yeah but he doesn't just he doesn't even plan them out exactly he just it just kind of he goes with the flow i mean that knife that he finds that he stabs the girl with is just like is one of the knives in their house but he just happened to find it like looking through their drawers and the wrapping he just he just happens to find looking through their yeah, everything in this movie is happenstance. Like, right? Yeah, him going to that cafe, him finding that taxi driver, him finding that house, the mm-hmm. brother being home, them getting home, it, his decision to kill them. It's just right. It's all just pure. He's just acting on pure impulse and instinct the entire time. That's and it makes I it think compelling. Partly of that could be just it's all those feelings built up. Oh, while he's in prison. Yeah, over time, and he's like, I just need to get him out. Mm-hmm. Like I don't care how I do it, I just need to get him out. That makes sense. Which is insane because there's no reasoning with it, and I think that's what uh, another reason why it makes it so scary. Mm-hmm. There's no reasoning with him. There's really not a lot of like spoken words. 
other than his narration in this movie. Yeah, honestly, I can't remember a single word that he actually... Oh, he says some stuff, like... Just, like, with the heart medicine, and then at the very end. Yeah. When the cops are asking him questions. Yeah, that's It's right. almost like you forget, like, oh, shit, like, people talk. Like, <laughs> yeah, it just kind of drags you, like, just the way it's shot, the way the sound is, just everything is just drags you into this weird little hell mm-hmm. that's in our world. Right, yeah. I think is the best way to, to put it. <laughs> uh, but overall... I did one I mean, uh, interesting thing yeah, I, yeah. I wanted to add to was about the filmmaker of this. Mm-hmm. I guess it's, this was his like only film that he ever made. Yeah. Um, That's insane. It's yeah, it's crazy because it is a, a really well crafted and well thought out film. Like for real. Yeah. And it, and for like how low budget it is. And there are times you can see like, okay, this is like really low budget. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Yeah. It's just so insane, like how almost clear of a vision he had, mm-hmm. like from the beginning to end, like executes it perfectly. Right. Yeah. And like to know that, like to know, like oh, I'm not, not gonna have uh, like very much dialogue in this because there's gonna be a lot of voiceover mm-hmm. and editing yeah. and like shooting it that way. And it must have been. It's yeah. It's a very clear, strong vision um, from this guy. And it helps with the lead, how just great he is. Yeah. In it, I think that also carries it a lot. Yeah, he's he's amazing in it. You you get everything. Um, you need to know about what he's thinking, with even without the narration, just from his expressions in the moment. You know. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and I guess that the director, I guess, never made any more films after this yeah. because of how controversial this one was. Yeah, I also wanted to point out that this was banned in a lot of countries yeah uh which is why i um watched this a long time ago because i love like banned movies i love to seeing like you know is it like that bad Mm -hmm. um and this one unfortunately it's banned in a lot of places because i don't think it really deserves it Mm -hmm. there are definitely a lot of like worse movies that don't have like any artistic value um that are banned which but this is just i mean i don't agree think any movie should be banned for any reason yeah uh, but this one genuinely it's it's hard to find and i hope it kind of sees some light one day like i don't even know if it really has a cult following <laughs> i just watched it one day because I, I heard about it and i was like damn what the fuck yeah that was good <laughs> Uh, and I know what to talk about it with. So now I finally just got to share angst. And that's all. <laughs> that was that was my plan from the beginning, just to be able to talk about angst. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate you showing me this, because I never would have known about it otherwise. Because I, I had not heard about this film before you mentioned it to me um, a couple weeks ago. So yeah, like... and I, at first glance, I just thought it was some slasher movie. Yeah. And it's, it's far from it. You get the impression from, like, the poster and everything, for sure. Yeah. Like, it looks like you've got, like, your final girl and the knife going through. Very, like, something out of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. This will, um... This should just be a new series we do of just, um... Uh, fucked up movies Dax has watched that has never <laughs> had to talk to anybody about. <laughs> so I'm subjecting you to it. <laughs> I appreciate it. No, I did enjoy it. I mean, it was not a fun watch, really, but I did definitely appreciate the craft of it and how well done it was, you know. Mm-hmm. It was, this, it was a to me, movie. is one of the best serial killer movies. I agree. Hands it, down. Just in pure effectiveness and the, the terror and anxiety it instills in you, it's mm-hmm. it's really effective for what it's trying to do. Yep. Well, overall, I think we both loved it. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you share my <laughs> love for it. Um, and I, I just hope more people watch it. That's all. Yeah, it's a, it's a I, great I, one. I think it's great. I don't think it deserves the uh, the attention it got. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And by the way, I good stuff. you can you can watch this on um, Tubi, I think, for completely free. And then I think it's also on oh, yeah. Amazon it's on uh, Shutter. Prime Video. Oh, yeah, it's on Shutter as well. Yeah. It's on Shutter too. And Shutter even has like a nice little um, intro where they're like, okay, we know this movie's fucked up. We know it's banned a lot of places, but it's also like they even say like it's like rad as hell. <laughs> so here it is. Yeah. Or they say something along those lines, and I'm like, ah, yeah, this is why I love Shudder. <laughs> um, Shudder is great. Yeah. So, that's it. Um, if you like fucked up movies, um, I would say this is kind of on the lighter end of the fucked up movie spectrum. You know? Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I what? guess I <laughs> haven't seen... You sound seen... so shocked by that. <laughs> This is on the. You mean there's worse than this? Oh, okay. We're gonna have fun. Oh my. We're gonna God. have fun. All right. We're um. This, this opens my eyes to so many so many more sights I can show you. I feel like oh, pinhead God. right now. You you just, you with that statement you just opened the box. You opened the Leviathan. Oh no. <laughs> All right. Well, that was angst. Uh, I love it. Brad, you love it, I think. Oh, yeah. No, I I definitely really liked it. And uh, I think it gets a recommendation from both of us. Hell, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening, uh, and we'll see you next week.